Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 54. It's the pod named after the fact that you have to stay up all night long if you want to catch all the European football because it's on in the middle of the night all the fucking time. All right. We're going to kick off this week uh, with a rigged or shit. I've got Tommy on the other end of the interwebs there. Uh, rigged or shit. Michaela Moore for the New Zealand women's team scoring a hat trick of own goals. Did you catch this? Yeah, not just any hat trick. Wasn't it a perfect hat trick? Left foot, <laughs> header, right foot, maybe vice versa with the feet. Yeah, I've got some question marks over the placement of the finishes, but you know, a hat trick's a hat trick nonetheless. What are you blame? You blaming the goalkeeper? Was she was she aided? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. They're just. Uh... Can you imagine going in three 0 up at half time, and no one on your team has scored? <laughs> they claimed it. Look, they, you know, they were trying to claim good build up work. You know, we put the girls in the position, and uh, that you know that that's the reward for our attacking endeavor. No, there's it. It can't be rigged. It's too shit to be rigged. That was just shit. <laughs> I've never seen anything so shit that you can just immediately be ruled out for rigged because you can't recreate that or you can't make that happen on purpose no you cannot definitely uh we'll put it in the shit column like most of the ones we put in the shit column um there was that sketchy costa rican goalkeeper was it costa rica the goalkeeper that against canada and he could be cast somehow, in versions yeah and he somehow or haiti or something there's been he, no he there's been some ge- yeah there's been some genuinely rigged ones but this yeah this poor poor more uh, she's had an absolute mare and look, I hope she gets another go. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't I don't think it was her first cap by any means. So it's hard enough playing the US women's team when your own players are conspiring against you. I saw someone shared that meme today of uh, when, remember when Benzema got caught saying that, that who was the other Real player that he said, don't pass to him. Oh, Cause I swear he's playing. Was it junior? I think it was Vinicius junior. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I swear he's, I swear on my mother's life. He's playing against us. Michaela Moore was playing against New Zealand this morning. Uh, unlucky. A bad day at the office. Yeah, pick yourself back up. It'll, it happens to the best of us. I was, it actually made me think, Sunday league-wise, have, um, have you ever had a day that bad? Oh, I have had abs- some absolute mares, mostly as a like, goalkeeper. Oh, yes, the infamous yeah. goalkeeper days. Yeah, when you, yeah, infamous. When you're... Uh, I don't know. When you're a keeper and you make an error, they they stick with you. <laughs> they yeah. stick with you. Mainly because everyone else reminds you. Often. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Eyes. Yeah. Every, all eyes are on you. There's definitely that. Uh, do you want to talk about... I've had a lot of people get in touch with me this week about a lot of people, a lot of, uh, shall we say, the, the blue the blue Glaswegians. Mm, have been of a in touch. Disposition. They were very, very up and about over the weekend after some results in Europe. So I guess we'll just call this, uh, we'll go into our Ange Watch segment because you can't talk about one without the other. You have to talk about Celtic and Rangers together. So they're like some kind of ugly conjoined twin. That'll upset a lot of people for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, but equally, you see. We're all, about, we're all about equality here. Yeah, so <laughs> Celtic got uh, absolutely blown away by the Norwegian champions, Bodo Glimt. Essentially, they lost to a side with a slash in their name. Um, <laughs> this team are currently in their off-season because they don't play in winter in Norway. 
they play over summer because they they can't play they simply can't play in winter because it's just too too snowy it's too dark it's just no good for anyone it's too cold when you think about it though if any team from any nation could go and play in the norwegian winter it would be a scottish side i think that would be the perfect yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> find out next week they should we'll just find out move next them week. instead of the winter break move them all to scotland for the period it'll be fine it'll be just like being at home done so Celtic uh, at home to Bodo Glimp got absolutely done in. I think it was was a three one in the end. I, I switched it off. Conference League, <laughs> but Rangers <laughs> fans, Rangers fans been in touch because they're up and about because they went to Borussia Dortmund and put four past them and absolutely blew them out the water early on, and just went on with it. This is one of those uh, why football is the great game, isn't it? Because it's a total aberration of or even all kinds of league form also. Dortmund absolutely flying in Germany right now, even without Holland and a couple others. But for I, you know, I honestly honestly thought it was a mistake. I had to ask a couple of people just to confirm it. Is this, did this actually happen? Did they really score four goals with five shots? Like <laughs> what yeah. a day out. Yeah, they did. They just took it to him. And, you know, when you have those days where you you take it to the opposition and you just you get a bit of luck go your way. These things can happen. Uh, Dortmund coming off like they had that bad loss a couple of weeks ago where they got smashed at home and now they've had this one as well. But other than that, they've been pretty good keeping up the chase with Bayern. They won 6-0 bouncing back from this like over the weekend. They beat Mönchengladbach 6-0. Um but they would have been they would have been looking at the Europa League as a competition there in it to win it. And now they're gonna to have to go to Ibrox, which is gonna be absolutely pumping yeah, and try and turn around a two goal deficit. Yeah, I mean, away goals aren't a thing anymore, are they? So nope. I guess that kind of rules that spectre out. So really they only need a two nil victory. I don't know. Like you said, Ibrox will be jumping and like this is now the biggest game Rangers have had in some time. And yeah. Um, you know, I suppose the result this morning does that kind of signify where their intention lies? Maybe. Oh, uh, you, you got to stop saying this morning because you know oh, overnight people yeah, don't listen course. to this live. <laughs> it's people won't hear this till Tuesday. You know, oh, we're recording yeah, it Monday night. I got to start doing dates and times. Sunday night. Sunday night. You're thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess bouncing back, like Celtic had that shock, horrible loss that they Celtic are really prone to these sort of results in Europe every now and again. It was so typical. I feel like that's been a theme across like just about my entire lifetime. Um, Is it a curse? It's not a curse. <laughs> and they so who do more than anything. They bounced back, got three points, albeit a sketchy three points on the weekend, and Rangers dropped points against Dundee United. So the gap's now three points in favour of Celtic. Um, so I guess it's just another one of those swings and roundabouts things in Scotland where it's just, it changes day to day, as in who's laughing at who. Um, <laughs> there you go, the ebb and flow. You got that's, that's why yeah. I'm a firm believer of getting uh, the banter in while you're on top because it swings so quickly. If you don't take advantage, you know, yeah. you're never going to be happy. Yep, 100%. Um, you got anything you wanted to add about Celtic or Rangers or those results? So, I just saw that Ange wasn't really happy in the post-match um, uh, comments that he made overnight. 
uh, overnight have done it again <laughs> on Sunday night when they won 3-2. Uh, yeah, he thought they should win more comfortably. So it's just a reflection of the guys that he's always pushing, always wanting more from his team. And it was funny uh, seeing the whole Stan Sport breakdown of Ange, like Fozzie uh, really had a deep dive um, on how they play. And then to just see them not comprehensively rolled over by um, uh, by the Norwegian side, but, you know, to a point where they were stopped in a way that they, you know, their their proper brand of football that they've been establishing over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, they just couldn't get on. They just couldn't show it. And it was, it was just, it was classic to see how they were supposed to play and then how they were so well beaten. Yeah, definitely. The, um, the Ange thing kind of started like his annoyance started was it last week in the, the Scottish cup fixture, which they won relatively comfortably, but he was very unhappy with the performance and the way the players went about things. And then fast forward to that European performance and his fears were kind of emphasized there where, they really had a lot of the ball, but just conceded sloppy, like easy, like too easily. They conceded too easily. Um, and then again, beating Dundee three to at home with a late winner was pretty nervy and sketchy as well. So um, for Rangers as well, like they're in a position now where they have to decide, do they, how hard do they go with this two nil lead against Dortmund? Um, Cause they, they can't afford really to drop, uh, points until Celtic do in the league. So interesting, interesting watching, uh, watch this space, see how it pans yeah. out. What what would you take? Uh, league glory or European glory? Depends which Europe. Like, uh, like Europe Celtic, league. like I'm more than happy for Celtic to go out of the conference league. Yeah, uh, We've spoken about the conference league on here before. And I know we both have a pretty big displeasure for it or just don't really see the necessity of it. Um, it it can only be hindering teams in their league hopes, and it's not exactly prestigious, is it? But I think Europa League um, Rangers would be looking to go through. They'd be upset if they didn't at this point. Um, yeah, they'll be looking to see how far they can get in this competition. Cool, another uh, hot European league to watch. We're talking about the Champions League now because I reckon I don't know how much of the Champions League you caught last week, but there were four pretty decent games going on. We won't talk about City absolutely dismantling Sporting Lisbon. I think we both predicted that pretty comfortably. PSG Real was the other other game that morning. Did you catch any of that? Yes, I did see a little bit of this. And again, it was one of those games that kind of went how we predicted it. Uh, like you said, Real Madrid, they don't score a lot of goals, but they don't concede a lot of goals. And they went to France not looking to score goals, I think. <laughs> when you look at the stats, you know, they tried to hold their fair share of the ball, but to not have a shot on target for the entire 90 minutes. Come on, maybe we should be looking to incentivize away teams to score again. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing, like real lackluster. I mean, PSG created a couple of chances, but it was nothing major. Both teams real cagey. Almost afraid to lose it. Real Madrid are pro- probably the ones to blame for that in the way they set up. Um, and then, but then just an absolute moment of absolute magic from Mbappe to win it right at the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of his better goals. That was just that was stunning. And was it the the back heel and the build up from Neymar as well that exposed him? Oh, I mean, yeah, or, it was a back heel, but it, when you see it, it's just like he could have just turned around and passed it to him like <laughs> Mbappe was out on the touchline you know he could have just turned and passed it to him 
It's all about the finesse, Sam. It doesn't matter about the opportunity. The back pass didn't break anything open for Mbappe. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. So it wasn't because it was a back heel. It was just a regular pass. Yeah. Irrespective, this is a great result for, I think, uh, Real Madrid, who, who should, I think, be able to keep PSG scoreless um, in Spain. And like we said, it's just set up now for Benzema to score a brace, one early, one late. Real Madrid go through. Yeah, oh, I'd love to see it. I can't wait for that second leg in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, we both love having a good dig at this PSG side, so I'd love to see them crash out of Europe. I, I reckon we probably hate this PSG. We, we love having a crack at PSG more than we love having a crack at Man United, I'd say, on this pod. Ooh, that's tight. That's a good one. I definitely uh, do. After this weekend, I'm kind of sliding you know, to the Mank Red side, but Nonetheless, whenever PSG fuck up, it just it does bring a smile to my face. Yeah, since we're talking about PSG, we're obviously touching on their uh, th- was it three one they lost in the end three one yeah. away to Nantes, 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 Nantes. <laughs> Unreal. This game, I tell you, if <laughs> did you know that they play their stadium is called the La Bourgeois, La Bourgeoisie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they're called nods. It's just I don't ask questions about French football anymore. No, you couldn't have anything more fitting than a side in canary yellow playing in front of the Lapos Rossi. <laughs> I will just say before we get back to Champions League that this game was absolutely bonkers. Like mm. it was chances galore, and not with a lot of them. Um, but it was also one of those games where I guess on another day PSG could have scored six or seven, but they just they don't for some reason. They created these chances. I don't want to hear anyone talking about the quality of Neymar anymore. I've fucking had enough. Some of those chances he butchered were just like, come on, man. At one point, there was like him, Mbappe, and another attacker against one defender. And then they do the right thing, draw the defender, play the pass, and then Neymar just hits it straight into the keeper. Like, just poor. They deserve to lose. I was, waiting. I was waiting for him to sweaty it to the uh, guy running on the outside of him, actually. He, he looked that yeah. void of confidence, which is why it shocked me even more that he stood up to take the penalty. Uh, it is an encapsulation of everything that we hate about penalties in the approach, the too cool, you know, the too, the too fucking cucumber for this situation. Yeah. And then the man does the stutter step, the little skip. Well, it's, it's two in a week for PSG because Messi missed one in the Champions League. Yes, and then well, it was too. it was well saved by Courtois, and then this one, this if you want to have a good giggle, go and watch Neymar's penalty against Nantes. You will cackle yourself because it's just utter crap. It's deplorable. I mean, it's way. I think Zaha copped a lot of shit the other week because he he slipped his his planting foot slipped. <laughs> that as was he scuffed funny. one. That's a good one, but this is a much more abysmal penalty, and you know reflects Neymar more than it reflects Zaha missing. I think. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Um, there was a funny stat out of this, though. Lafont, um, who had a great game, and he was another FIFA beast, Aben Lafont, the goalkeeper. Um, he looks he looks a great player. Um, three of the last four penalty saves across the whole of League 1 have been saved by Aben Lafont. Well, there you go. Thanks for the Ligue 1 stats. 
Yeah, I just I like a defense that feels so assured by their keeper's penalty saving ability that they can just willy nilly give them away. They don't care. <laughs> just start giving away a pen because you'll save it anyway. Eat it. It's a tactic. We'll go back to the Champions League the, on the Thursday morning. Salzburg and Bayern. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of this. I didn't see it because I was watching. I watched the entire of the Inter Liverpool game. But do you have anything on Bayern Salzburg? Just um, Bayern really got out of jail here. 90th minute equaliser uh, after Salzburg. Great value for their goal, I think. Um, you know, Bayern did control most of the ball and the, the Salzburg keeper had a fine game, like another one that just made save after save from really dangerous, good chances. Um, so, But I still didn't see it as a sucker punch. They still, I think they, they held their own. They weren't left too high and dry or too exposed by Bayern's attacking play. Um, is it just there's an interesting dichotomy between um, the two games that we watched in that Bayern signed Upa Meccano, who Liverpool were chasing, and in place uh, Liverpool signed Kanate, who has I think he's played something like eight or nine games, and Liverpool have won every single one that he's been involved in. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll get straight onto it into Liverpool at the San Siro. We talked this one up last week. Was really looking forward to it. I don't think it disappointed either. I thought it was an excellent game. Um, Inter were much more willing to go forward and try and expose Liverpool than I thought they would be. But I guess they're, they're not under Conte anymore. They're under Inzaghi. Um, they just don't have, you know, Liverpool end up getting the 2-0 win. But Inter's, you know, if it's, say, Lukaku from last season there instead of Dzeko, as good as Dzeko has been, brilliant this season but like there was a few times Inter were able to get in behind and expose them and it's Dzeko who's gotten through and he receives the ball and he's running but he's just slow like it's you know it's nothing wrong with their play he's just not fast enough to get away there in that situation when Virgil van Dijk comes tearing back like marauding down the middle of the park (laughs) to tackle him Um, there was a few instances like that um they also hit the hit the bar hit the post hit the bar uh in the end just liverpool just had that teeny bit of extra quality in the end that made them pay and getting the second goal with the deflection yeah that was a real nail a in kick. the coffin there i don't yeah, i don't really see how inter come back from that at at anfield because if they do they're going to be very exposed yeah i mean inter again another side that didn't fashion really a clear cut chance throughout the whole thing and, you know, like we alluded to, it's Liverpool's touch of class. The names on the score sheet, Firmino, Salah, you know, guys that have been in and around this club now for years and years, played under Klopp for years and years. It's just, it's, it, it's almost a formality sometimes, these guys popping up and scoring in big games. And that's probably what we saw again. But there's a good point about Dzeko not being fast enough to expose Liverpool's high line. You know, Inter are going to have problems there. Do you think it's... Do they play a wide man up front? Do they go for pace don't and try have, something different? They don't have in their squad um, anyone to do it. Not like a single... They, they don't really have pace. Motion. Like okay. They've got Dumfries. He's like... Yeah. He plays right the right wing back role. If he wasn't doing that, he'd be just a right back. Like He's not an attacking player, really. They've got Perisic there. He's 33. He's getting on. Not fast enough. Alexis Sanchez isn't exactly lightning these days. No. Martinez is, you know, he appears faster because he's smaller, but he's 
you know, he's not going to tear away from someone like Van Dyke either. So you think it's a trick of the light? <laughs> it's a trick of the light. Um, it's because his legs are working harder. Yeah, they just they just don't have anyone like that in their squad, and that's why they were so compelling last season. Watching that partnership up front of Martinez and Lukaku, because Lukaku does have pace and can run like get away from defenders. Um, I mean, it's working this year for Inter so far with Jeco and Martinez, but it's it's not the same sort of threat. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. I think, you know, it could come down to as well Inter in those situations, they need to be able to control the ball and dictate um, whether, whether phases of play are played mostly. If they can be in games where their strikers can get in advanced positions and stick in there, they're obviously not having to break or beat defenders one-on-one for pace. They're obviously going to be a lot better. And so that's why this game is probably a big opportunity lost for them in terms of being able to dictate one. Yep, definitely. Agree. Um, I might as well just touch on it while we're here. Um, but Inter ended up losing on the weekend again. 2-0 to Sassuolo. Um, Scamacca scored scored, and Raspadori scored. Two young Italian strikers from Sassuolo. Uh, Scamacca looks like he could be headed to Inter next season. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. So he's uh, 21 or 22. Uh, very tall. Um, he scored a great header against Inter, but basically Inter would have gone top if they had won because um, Milan dropped points to all away to Salerno. But um, yeah, game on again in Italy. It's topsy-turvy at the moment. If Napoli win in the morning, uh, by the time you hear this, Napoli will have played. And if they win, they'll be, they'll be equal on points with Milan. I don't know if that puts them top or not because of the head-to-head. I don't know what the head-to-head is, but they have a better goal difference. That's that. Yeah, blink and you will seriously miss uh, <laughs> a load of revelations in the Italian league. Yeah, you will. Uh, such as, uh, i got nothing else, actually. <laughs> That'll do it. Are you ready for, uh, should we do some predictions? Yes, love this. Prediction time's fun. We did well last week. Let's, uh, let's... <laughs> I don't think any of us went out on a limb and predicted any uh score lines it was more just like yeah yeah no this would be a good game they'll be all right yeah <laughs> just just a general vibe of the thing yeah well so like, oh this could go either way <laughs> Bayern could absolutely smash Salzburg or they could be still out of form and not smash them and they didn't smash them thus a draw that's what we're inferring yeah not sure football gets it right all the time you heard it here 90 percent of the time <laughs> we <laughs> we hung shit on harry kane last week and uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to we that. All right. Champions League this week, Wednesday morning, Chelsea host Lille and Villarreal host Juve. Thoughts on both of these, please, mate? Well, since we've caught ourselves out, and we'll give proper score predictions, I think. And this Chelsea-Lille has uh, 1-0 Chelsea written all over it, doesn't it? You reckon? I reckon. there's. Yeah. I don't know. Chelsea didn't. They're just in a little bit of a funk, I think. They're, sometimes they can hit their groove. Mostly their play just kind of lacks a dynamism and, you know, just something in the final third that really electrifies it and brings it to life. Yeah, I don't know. You just you know Lille aren't going to come out and attack. You know Chelsea are going to have 80% of the ball. I just I don't think that's going to suit them in this occasion. I think, yeah, a late winner for Chelsea. Yeah, right. I think they'll just control the game. Um, I think they create enough chances to get a few goals. They look pretty solid. I, can't, I don't know if I can see Lille scoring against them. Um, I'm, but 
I'm going to take 2 0 Chelsea. 2 0 Chelsea. Okay. 2 0 Chelsea. I'll take for that one. That's no disrespect to the French side either. They're not traveling that well this season. Um, you know, compared to the lofty heights of the previous few. There was obviously all the turmoil we addressed in the offseason. Um, and I think they, they're sitting 11th at the moment in League 1. So this is, their, this is their shining light. So this will be grit, desire, big away performance. Yeah, I think they'll keep them locked down. Fair enough. Villarreal, Juve. This is an interesting tie, isn't it? I Very think, interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I'm obviously going for full disrespect here. When we said last week that Barcelona, <laughs> Napoli, it felt like a Champions League tie, but it yep. was in the Europa League. This is the vice versa. I think both these sides, this looks more like a Europa League. <laughs> Juventus. Damn to me. Europa League. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of just judging where they are at the moment um, in terms of how their seasons are progressing. Yep. There are, they're a very disjointed side, Juve. They aging at the back, aside from like your, you know, Delit. Uh, their midfield seems to be just a random concoction of players that don't really balance out very well with each other. And then just a couple of guns up front that can make things happen and score a goal. Against a, a Villarreal side who I guess aren't really like, no one really stands out. Um, no. They're not pulling but, up trees, that's for sure. But they, as a team, you know, they they get results. So, yeah, interesting battle. I can see this one being nil all. Nil all, yeah. I'm going to go score draw. I think it has draw written all over it, but uh, potentially 1-1. One, one, I'd say 1-1. One, one. I don't think we're going to get a lot of goals on Wednesday morning. <laughs> It'll be um, interesting to see. I'm not sure if... Uh, is Vlahovic able to play Champions League? I don't see why he wouldn't be. I can't hmm. see. Yeah, he's not cup tied. But, um, but yeah, there was one of the concerns. I know you listen to the Guardian pod a lot, and Nicky Bandini, the Italian correspondent, mm. I guess you'd call it, um, was talking about the uh, the Vlahovic. The concerns a lot of teams had going for Dusan Vlahovic was that they hadn't yet seen him do anything in Europe um, okay. or for or for Serbia, which is bit hard like a bit harsh on his Serbian form because they don't play a lot of international football um, and when they do it's like competitive against decent nations yeah. yeah and he's and he's very young and hasn't really been in the team heaps and he's had this massive breakout year for Fiorentina where he's banging them in against the other Italian sides but can he do it on the European stage if you compare it to someone like Holland who even when he was at Salzburg was smacking goals in for fun in the Champions League against teams um, we haven't seen this from Vlahovic yet. So um, if you're like me and you have this weird <laughs> like, need to watch certain individuals play for certain teams, you'll be keeping an eye on that and uh, seeing how he goes. Yep. Big agree. I, I like this guy. I don't like his decision in football team. I think he could have gone somewhere maybe a little bit more, more interesting, a little bit yeah. more challenging. But yeah, like you said, monitoring this guy's progress closely. So, yeah, I'm going nil or draw. You're going to score draw? 1-1. One, one. Yep. Happy with that. On to the Thursday morning games. Uh, what, what do you want to do? For, oh, we've got Atletico hosting Man United and Benfica hosting Ajax. Now well, you get the, get the easy one out of the way. The easy one? Which one's the easy one? I think Ajax are going to steamroll Benfica. You think they're going to steamroll them? Yeah. Both of these uh, Portuguese teams are going to get um, absolutely flattened. Lisbon have already been flattened. Yeah, precisely. I, I just, 
Ajax are about to break every single conceivable record in Dutch first division football. Um, goal scored, top goal scorer, wins, points accrued, everything. Like they're flying at the moment. They're absolutely flying. They've scored 107 goals in the Eredivisie. And I just, I feel like Benfica, you know, top three Portuguese teams uh, middling they out. Always potentially. are. Though. Yeah, always are. You know, those top three in Portugal are always the same. And that's why I think when you're third of the top three, you're not, you're definitely not performing as well as um, your, your counterparts. And Ajax, it, it's got 3 0 written all over it. Yeah, right. I'm not as confident. Um, I don't know enough about either of the teams. I'm going to go 2 1 Ajax. All right. All right. This will be good. The other game, Atletico hosting Manchester United. I feel like this will be the one that I watch. Um, yes. Although. <laughs> Even though I've gone ham on this, yes. Having already just said that, already I feel like I won't want to watch it because I feel like it'll be two sides that are not capable and not wanting to threaten the other side too much. Uh, you think it's going to be one of those sticky afternoons? So, I mean, yeah, I suppose Man United are going to be away from home. Coming off of that, that was a bruising game against Leeds overnight, um, which we'll get to overnight, Sunday night. Um, <laughs> three times, three strikes, three strikes. I don't, yeah, I buy into that. What do you think? Nil, nil, one, nil. I'm gonna go nil all, yeah. That would be such a shame. Surely there's a mistake, uh, out of either side, or actually, actually, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna go one nil, Atletico. Interesting, a Suarez banger, perhaps. I don't, I don't think Man United go there and win. This is going to upset a lot of people. Should we? Are you going to try and justify it, or is it just a vibe? Yeah, I'm going to say despite um, just the vibe. Uh, I'm going to say despite Atletico's shortcomings in the league so far this season, Simeone does have a knack of getting them up for these sorts of European ties. They've still got the players in the squad to do it. Um, what? Better incentive than one of the biggest clubs in the world coming to your doorstep. Uh, I think they'll get up and about for this. They'll win one nil. Um, yeah, I, I just I, United don't. I don't know if they have enough about them to break down their defense. I think this would be an interesting game for Ronaldo, especially because he's obviously returning to familiar stomping grounds. Um, and just given the leakiness of United's defense and just like the patches, there's 10 minutes or 15 minutes where they'll just go to sleep and they are, uh, you know, vulnerable to being exposed. This guy, I think it's, there's goals in this. I think we're looking at 2-2, 3-2 even. Either way, you know, I can't say who's going to win. It's seriously a lottery. It just depends who turns up. Who depend- I think it would actually be who makes the least amount of mistakes. Well, it'll be Atletico then because Man United have a Harry Maguire. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't say anything. I'm, I'm, I'm tight-lipped this week. Tight-lipped. Scrambled egg and potato at the back. Yeah. All right, That's we'll wrap it up money. there for the uh, Champions League chat. Um, we'll move into the Premier League. We've got a couple of games we wanted to talk about. Just quickly get out the way, Liverpool-Norwich. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of this, but I Mm-mm. went back and watched the, the old Mega Mini um, oh man, I had this weird feeling that like Anfield was absolutely pumping more than maybe usual. Like, um, when the they were creating chances in the second half and they went 2 1 up, and then 
some of the chances they created after that to go 3-1 up. It's almost like Liverpool knew that Liverpool fans knew that City were going to were going to lose later that night and um the title race would be back on. I mean, that's some premonition, man. Imagine having that ability to be like, okay, we really need to get behind the team this week because um, it's a great opportunity for us to take a salt here. Yeah. Do you think it was because they were losing? Maybe you're just writing off the Liverpool fans and their, you know, their, their willingness to get behind the team in losing positions. Maybe. They were 1-0 down, but, uh, you know. It, it, was by the end of, it was a shock 1-0. But yeah, it was. But by the end of the game, they could have, they could have won it 5 or 6. Oh really? It was six story, one, yeah. yeah. They all over. Mane missed a couple that he probably would have put away on another day. Uh, the new signing from Porto came in, scored a nice little dink goal um, through the keeper as well. So that was that was good. Yeah, I just just wanted to say that so Liverpool fans know I'm thinking of you still. I don't just you know we're not writing you off. You're in it. Well, how could you? I mean, the title race is well and truly on if they win their game in hand. It is, yeah. Um, and that is because be Man City at home to Spurs. Uh, well, I don't even know where to start with this. I'm completely shocked. I, you're not as shocked as me when I woke up and my housemate had told me he drunkenly put $20 on Spurs overnight uh, on the Saturday night just before well, kickoff. What? That's what I said to him. And he, apparently he was having a chat with an English guy at the bar. And he was convinced that Tottenham were going to win. And I was like, but every conceivable No one was convinced and no sh- Well, he was convinced enough to throw 20 bucks on it. So no, he was pissed is what he was. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Maybe City were pissed. We know they've got to have it. Yeah. Graylish was coming in from the bars that he didn't let, get let in. <laughs> um, Phil Foden's out there. The night, shift, the night shift football curse kind of had a bit to play in this, I reckon. Because last week we... We slagged off Tottenham pretty big, and <laughs> I had a we had a good old crack at Harry Kane and, and Son, and uh, bang bang they linked up nicely. Dejan Kulusevski coming in from uh, Juve wasn't getting the minutes there. He's gone to Tottenham. Conte's obviously hunted him out. Uh, he's come in and bang bang. Yeah, he had a fantastic game. Did he get two assists in the end? Or he uh, was- I'm sure. I'm sure he was, you know, it doesn't matter. He was great. He was great to the eye. I'm sure he was great on the stat sheet. Um, Kane, he decided to show up um, against his future employer. That's all it is. He wanted to impress. Yeah, that's it. He wanted to say, hey, you're going to spend a hundred million on a guy that looks like Kira Knightley um, out of Bender Light Beckham. You're not going to spend 150 on me. The absolute archetypal striker for Pep Guardiola's Man City. If he went there, they would be unstoppable. I think so. I agree with that. Um, I haven't been, I'm not happy to buy into this chat about whether or not City need a striker. Uh, I don't think they need anyone. But if they did get him, you know, that would just be game over for everyone. I think it would just add, you know, this last little bit of whatever frailties they rarely show would just be gone. Um, yeah. And it would was, stop Spurs beating them twice in a season. That's for sure. It would. He was classic number nine in this game as well. Like, just getting himself about in the box, getting on the end of the balls, doing what he does best. Um, did he have one? Uh, he had one disallowed as well, I think. He did, so, yeah. yeah. It was, that was real tight, that one as so well. He had a, um, a good night out. 
Yeah, it wasn't just his like number nine work too. I think there was an analysis article about how Conte beat Pep or how Conte continually beats Pep. And it's the ability of his strikers uh, to drop into the space that, you know, unsettles the, uh, the defensive midfielder, creates yep. spaces up and around the centre-backs. And they did that perfectly. Just like Harry Kane's ability to play a no-look pass or a one-touch ball that totally yep. opens up the attacking third is brilliant. Um, I think you see like you see a lot of teams will sit back obviously against City and often when you're doing that you're getting a striker or a winger or someone to sit right up on the shoulder of the last defender and then you're looking to hit the counter with that long ball and defenders love it most of the time oh yeah the key to the key to getting rid of City is just kind of getting on top of their midfield I I know it sounds so simple but like you said, if you can get your your strikers to come in, like who cares if their centre backs have the ball? Let them have it. If you can close down that midfield, um, you know that'll go a long way. You know they're still they're still pretty unbeatable even with that. But um, like you said, it's just a Conte thing. He's he's good at doing. He is good. Yeah. No, it's exactly exactly what you said. If you can occupy the spaces in between the halfway line and like the middle of uh, City's yeah. attacking area where Rodri usually sets up. You're gonna have a good time. Maybe you might have a good time. You might saying. have a good time you if, if you're time. if you're Spurs. Um, but that has meant that this season, Man City has beaten Chelsea home and away. Chelsea has beaten Spurs home and away, and then Spurs have beaten Man City home and away. Is the Premier League the best league in the world, Sam? Uh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> That's my answer. It's unpredictable. Clearly, I mean, it's the UEFA Conference League. UEFA Conference League is the best league in the world. No one here otherwise. Yeah. No, fair to fetters, fetters. We're just, just going to quickly touch on, you had a note on the Palace-Chelsea. Chelsea winning 1-0. Ziyech with the goal. Mm, another late, late show for Chelsea. Um, have you ever seen something as ridiculous as this? Romelu Lukaku broke the record for the fewest touches in a single Premier League game for a player who has played the full 90 minutes. Since 03-04 when that stat came in. Yeah, since the stat came in. Yeah. But, you um, know, you would struggle to find, other than, let's say, outfield player, other, other than a goalkeeper, potentially back in the day. Dude, if I... Seven touches. If I minutes. came off after 90 minutes with only seven touches of the ball, I'd just quit. One was from kickoff. Yeah, I'd throw my boots away. Quit. I'd chuck the biggest tantrum in the chain room. I'd be chucking massive tantrums on the pitch if I'd only touched the ball seven times. And it may be my own fault, not even teammates. It might be my own fault, and I'd still be cracking a cracking the shits. It's just bizarre to me. I mean, what is he? Is he a poacher? Is he? He was supposed to be the shining light. For he was supposed to be the missing link. This was what was going to win Chelsea the Premier League. Honestly, I don't think he's a lone striker. I think teams or coming in always playing him as like a. Big burly hold up because he's big. They're like, oh, he's a big like target man type guy, or you know, they don't want to change their structure, so they still go with like the old four two three ones or whatever. Either way, they it sees him up front on his own, and just last year was the perfect example when he was teamed up with Martinez up front for Inter. Um, he's got another striker next to him, and then he has an attacking midfielder behind that. Um, I don't know if. Chelsea aren't willing to try playing him in like two up front. Like I, I feel like 
a partnership. It doesn't need to be him or Werner. I feel like Werner and Lukaku would him be a Werner. partnership, yeah. like a great partnership. But I don't, yeah, for whatever reason, it's not working with just him up there on his own. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really, when you think about it, given how fruitful he was in the uh, in the Serie A last season. I'm um, sad just for, you know, preseason predictions, but outside of that, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of money. Hey, you know what a you lot won't of money find for funny. seven touches. You know what you won't find funny? I know how to get that smirk uh, off your face. Oh, no. You We've... said we weren't going to do this. Yes. No, Don't we did. Do it. We said we have to because, uh, look, you can't come on here every week as a Leeds fan taking a shit on Man United like every week. I do it too, but I'm not shying away right now. But, uh, yeah, because you, you don't have to Leeds deal with fan. this. You're a Leeds fan, and they did lose 4 2 at Ellen Road to Man United. So tell me what you got. Uh, I have got nothing but magnanimous praise for Manchester United uh, and Ralph Ranick and this extraordinarily overpriced needlessly expensive assortment of 11 footballers who don't really know how to play with one another, nor do they play to any kind of style or with any grace. And we're probably fortunate just by the sheer depth and means of their club to come away with three points overnight. Sunday night. I don't know if it's possible to get anything saltier than that little <laughs> tirade just then. That was like, it was like listening to a soundtrack of the Dead Sea. Like, oh God. At least I'm floating. At least I'm floating. Yeah, um, no, just. no, no. In all seriousness, it was a really good game, um, which was kind of, it's obviously amplified by the crowd. It was the first time Ellen Rhodes had hosted Man United in, in a long, long time. I think it was 20 years or something with fans in there. And the conditions, it just, my God, did it piss down with rain for like the entirety of the 90 minutes, but no more than at halftime where it was just torrential. They were talking about having to cool it off at one point. And that would have sucked having to come back and play 45 minutes at 2-0 down. Um, But it was that kind of dead condition that suited Leeds in a way. And um, coming back after the second half and scoring two goals in 24 seconds, it's pretty exciting, Sam. Kind of makes a loss. A little bit more bearable, I'd say. Yeah, well, it would because it's better than losing 4-0, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Or what was the early one? 5-1 or 6-2 or whatever yeah. it's been. I don't think this changes much. This I haven't changed uh, at all on my opinions of United. Uh, they just, this is this lead side is, um, they're a rabble at the moment, actually. Oh, we're woeful. I think Leeds they're, are woeful. they're absolutely terrible at the moment. And United aren't, aren't great but they just they they have the players they have the cattle there for the most part obviously they've got their their flaws in areas we don't need to go into a big talk about Man United again but you know no, what no. they have there is enough to you know bury a bunch of goals against this shambolic yeah defensive this, outfit at the moment this lowly leads with a defensive four or five players that just are so prone to individual errors and when you play man on man individual style game it, you know once you lose you're out basically yeah. it's just um, not up to the standard i don't think uh there's a couple of them that, that couple of we've them. talked we've talked about luke hailing and stuff like that but um the guys that made mistakes um on sunday night 
Junior Firpo, his first season of the Prem, a young fella um, out of Barcelona. And the other one was Pascal Strike, another young guy from the Ajax Academy. So, uh, you know, the conditions definitely played a part with both of the goals, the swirling wind and just the dead nature of the pitch, I think. Uh, but it's, you know, like you said, the means of Man United, there's, it's no surprise they've scored 10 goals um, from their substitutes and two of their subs came on overnight and broke the game open. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a good luxury to have, but it still has to be utilized properly. And the change of Fred and Alanga on at the same time just broke the game totally open because it looked like it was going to peter out maybe to a draw, maybe someone was going to snatch it, but you know, you got to throw your hands up sometimes. They're definitely a better side than Leeds United. Manchester. Oh, yeah, they're definitely a better side than Leeds United. <laughs> um, Next up, Liverpool, Thursday morning. Can't wait. Yeah, it's a horrid run in at the moment. Um, we might wrap it there for this one. That's episode 54. Stay tuned for a 54.1. We're going to talk about Adelaide United. Very up and down week. Winning away to Man City and then getting absolutely battered by the cowbells at MacArthur. So tune in for that one. Keep getting around us on the socials. Have a good week, boys and girls.